Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. What's up, y'all, and welcome in for another edition of the Cocky on Saturday podcast. Today we'll be breaking down the defense as we did with the offense last week. With training camp starting on Friday, it is time to round out this roster and provide our projections for what the depth chart will look like at the end of camp. Obviously, a lot of things can change between now and then, but let's take an early look at this defense. This is a unit that did lose six starters, five of which to graduation, and then Jordan Birch obviously did transfer Lost a couple guys depth-wise to the transfer portal as well, but you know, missing Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson, R.J. Roderick, Darius Rush, Devonnie Reed, and you know those guys were big fixtures in this defense. A couple of them had some injuries last year and provide the opportunity for some of these younger players that are going to get a chance to start this year to actually see some snaps last season, and that does bode well. So we do have some continuity on paper. Looks bad when you see six starters from the start of last season are here no longer, but a lot of these guys stepping into those roles have seen serious snaps, played integral parts last season, and expect them to be able to carry the workload moving forward. We'll start with the defensive line. That We did lose Jordan Birch to Oregon, and obviously that's a huge hurt, but probably our most impactful player on the defensive line is back, Tonka Hemingway. And I know at the end of last season, you know, he did move out to that defensive end position, and a lot of people are starting to question, where is he going to play on this defensive line? My honest opinion, if guys are healthy and you have the bodies, let him play where he was making the most impact. That was on the inside, kind of in that three-technique position. And I fully expect him to be starting there at D-tackle. Alongside of him at that traditional nose-tackle type of position, I'm actually predicting that we're going to see Elijah Davis starting in that spot. Elijah Davis, he's one of the transfers. He was considered by some to be the number one Juco transfer across the country with a 92 rating four-star recruit coming out of East Mississippi Community College. That name may sound familiar, and that would be because of Last Chance You on Netflix. I believe that was the school feature there in the first season of the show. But a huge disruptive force while playing Juco ball there. Originally from Wagner, South Carolina, stands six foot three, two eighty nine. So definitely is maybe on the leaner side than you traditionally see, but is super strong, a, an athletic freak. Excited to see what he could do paired up with Tonka. They're two pieces that could really be shifted all over the defensive line. So I do like that. If they need to stand up, they certainly can. They'll be able to do whatever the coaches ask of them. And then looking behind them at that defensive tackle position, probably the guy most people have slotted to start alongside Tonka would be Boogie Huntley or Alex Huntley. Uh, Jordan Birch's former teammate in high school, played a lot of snaps last season, a traditional bigger body, great run stopper. I fully expect him to see him in the mix, and he's going to get his own share of snaps So I'm not saying he's not going to play, but I just like the prospect of Elijah Davis a little bit more. TJ Sanders is another name that you're going to see some snaps this year. He played some nice snaps at the end of the season, particularly in the bowl game. Expect him to be in the mix. And then 
Nick Barrett it, kind of rounding out that group there. It, you know, he'll be in there to spell some guys. And the great news here is that that defensive tackle position, we have a lot of depth. If guys do get hurt, we have guys that certainly can step up and have in the past. Moving to the outside of the defensive line, we get to the defensive ends. Jordan Strong is expected to be back. Obviously, he missed last season with the torn ACL. I believe he went out in week two. A huge hurt to this team, but uh, Shane Beamer did speak at SEC Media Days and says that he expects him back by week one of the regular season. He will be a little bit limited during camp, but when he has been on the field, he's been super impressive. Excited to see what he could potentially do with a healthy season. And then opposite of him, I'm actually expecting Jatias Gear to take over that second defensive end role. Another transfer, so predicting two transfers here to start on our defensive line. Originally from South Carolina, from Anderson actually. It started out his college career at Syracuse. He stands six foot six, two thirty-three, so just a huge body. Super agile though as well. Had 12 starts while at Syracuse, racking up three and a half sacks, and I think he's going to be a force from day one in Charlotte. Fully expect him to sort of take over what we might be missing from Jordan Birch there. As I said earlier, some of these inside guys, it can definitely move to the outside if needed. So if Strawn isn't good to go to start the year, maybe gear gets hurt. I do expect probably Tonka or Elijah Davis maybe to move to the outside if needed. But the technical depth behind those two, it would be Terrell Dawkins and the young freshman Desmond Umiazulu. And we'll figure that name out as we go. Uh, But Dawkins was a transfer last year. He also got hurt and missed most of the season. It was pretty productive at NC State and, you know, looking to make his mark with the Gamecocks this upcoming season. And Desmond, I think he's probably going to play, you know, he's a true freshman, huge learning curve. But if you guys remember Birch, his freshman year, kind of came in on third downs when they need a guy just to sort of pin his ears back, go after the quarterback. I think that's where we'll see Desmond see some snaps. Just another huge body, super quick, great pass rush moves that he showed off in high school and hope that 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 it can translate to this next level and would love to see him get some snaps. Probably will be a little bit later in the season, but I do expect him to play this year at some point. Moving on to that second level with that linebacker core, we do have two bona fide starters at the mic in the Will linebacker spots. Expect to see Mo Kaba and Debo Williams as your fixtures at linebacker. Going to hope that we have a lot less injuries at the linebacker position this year, but you know, obviously, you never know what to expect. Second guys need to be ready to step up. But Mo Kaba had his own share of injuries last season. He tore his ACL as well. I believe it was in week two, which was the same as Jordan Strawn. But he is expe- expected back for week one. It's all about potential with Mo Kaba. We've seen it in moments he looks great. It's almost glimpses of Sky Moore. Excited to see what he could do with a full healthy season, but that's the key for Mo is he just needs to stay on the field. And Debo Williams sort of has that X factor. There's a heart and soul of this defense. It's Debo. He plays hard. Gotta love the name as well. He he reminds me a little bit of DJ Swearinger. You know, plays super hard all the way through the whistle, and I love that. He's going to be able to hype up the crowd, hype up his teammates, and be a huge fixture in the middle of that defense. 
right behind those two, as I was saying, injuries may happen. And I believe the next two up are going to be Stone Blanton and Grayson Pup Howard. Stone Blanton, two years ago, was a four-star recruit. He played in actually 12 games last year, so he has great game experience, and he'll be ready to go to be able to provide that depth on the defense at the linebacker spot. And then right behind him, Pup Howard almost a spitting image of Stone Blanton. You know, in his own right, a four-star recruit, a little bit higher rated of a recruit, 92 rating. And he's been on campus ever since the bowl game. He was actually practicing with the team for the bowl game. Obviously, that didn't affect his eligibility at all. And then he was here all the way through spring. So what that tells me, he knows this defense. He's going to be ready to play. Obviously, he hasn't seen SEC action. There's going to be a learning curve there. The game's going to be a little bit quicker. But he knows the schemes. He knows the formations. What was also surprising to me, he came into campus back in December at 6'2", 205. Today, he stands at 6'4", 240 pounds. And I know sometimes it could be with cleats or, you know, who's taking the measurements. But the weight alone, you know, he's put on the mass. That's always a big jump when you're playing more of that tough linebacker position. And he's been able to do that in about a year's time here. And I I think he's going to make some contributions this year. And hopefully we don't have to see too much of him because that would mean we are dealing with a lot of injuries. But if that does arise, I think he'll be ready to go to fill in. Finally, we'll move on to the third level here. And this is where people are probably saying that we have the most issues or most the biggest area to address. But I actually think this is going to be a very consistent unit for us. And hear me out. And this isn't a surprise to anybody, but we'll start with the safeties. That is the most complete core of safeties in the SEC, if not the country. It might be the best duo. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but these guys are also only true sophomores. Just think about that. And of course, those two that I'm speaking to are Nick Ibenwari and DQ Smith. Ibenwari was actually forced into action very early last season when Roderick went down. Uh, Ibenwari took over that role, and quite honestly, he never looked back. He ended up on the first team freshman All-American, which is a huge honor. And that was on the Phil Steele list as well. And then DQ came in and played as needed at that safety position. Played a little bit of nickel as well. But he finished as a freshman All-American on the third team in his own right. So now you have these guys coming back. Year two. With all that gameplay. All those snaps underneath their belt. With all the confidence in the world. That's going to be a great unit to be the anchor to our defense there at the safety position. And DQ is a little bit more versatile if we need him at corner, if we need him at nickel, he can move around. Eamon Worry can play both safety positions, and that's just a great fixture to have on the back end of your defense. I will say behind those two at the safety position, we are a little bit thin. One name to watch is a true freshman, Jalen Kilgore. Let's hope he can be the same that those two were a year prior. Uh, He had great reps in spring. He really can play safety or corner. He came in at six foot two, so he certainly has the size. And, you know, excited to see what his outlook looks like this year. I hope to see him on the field, and, you know, hopefully he can provide some depth at that position for us moving forward. 
And with the corners is where most people are questioning the secondary. I will say there is a true bona fide number one lockdown corner. So we'll just start right there. Marcellus Dial is back. Most experienced cornerback or secondary member we have on the roster. If not the most experienced defensive player. 17 starts and you know in this long stretch of elite corners at South Carolina. I think he's ready to fill those shoes. You know coming off of Cam Smith. Darius Rush, J.C. Horn, he is the next guy up, and he's ready to take over that role. He's going to be a leader in that cornerback room. And right behind him, this is where the biggest question of our defense comes. Who can step up? Who can be alongside Dial there and be able to lock down the second and third wide receiver on the field? O'Donnell Fortune is going to be the second guy. That's who I think is going to come out of camp as cornerback number two. He did have a great showing in the bowl game, had that 100-yard pick six against Notre Dame, but he is largely inexperienced, and he needs to prove to us that he can take that next step and play at a consistent level in the SEC. I have the utmost faith in him, and at this point, it's his job to lose, so expect to see him out there at cornerback number two, week one in Charlotte, and we'll see from there. And then right behind him, the, at the nickel spot, I do think David Spaulding is likely going to get the start there week one. A veteran player on this team, a fifth-year senior, his third at South Carolina. A lot quicker, too, uh, so very well fitted for that slot role. But like I said earlier, you know those safeties have some flexibility. They can move down into that nickel position if needed. But I hope Spaulding can kind of take over that role and you know, it, he needs to avoid injury as well. That's another guy that's been hurt in the past, but I think he can solidify that position moving forward for us. And then with the depth, it, it is a huge question mark. And it, we've been talking about players that need to step up in the depth at the cornerback position. We need guys to step up this year, but then also in the future. Because what does that future look like? Who's going to be the next guy to step into those cornerback roles beyond this season? And there's four names we're going to watch there. Judge Collier, Isaiah Norris, Emery Floyd, and Keenan Nelson. Starting with Nelson, he actually did earn the nickel start in the Gator Bowl. I believe Spalding was hurt for that one, so that's why Nelson stepped in. And he played solid. I mean, nothing spectacular, but who's to say he couldn't make a big jump in the offseason and be able to maybe take over that nickel role from David Spalding. Expect to see that as one of the key battles to watch here in training camp. And then Emery Floyd, another redshirt freshman, super fast, a great athlete, actually runs track at the University of South Carolina. If he can develop his skills a little bit further, work on his technique, that's going to be a guy, all the athleticism in the world is there. Would love to see him kind of progress into a great corner moving forward. With Isaiah Norris, we really just don't know. He is a senior. He spent most of his game time on special teams. Is beloved by the coaches. You know, who knows? Maybe he can be a guy to add some depth to that defensive back unit. And then another unknown would be true freshman Judge Collier. A young freshman from Rock Hill. Obviously a great recruit. In the future, I think he's a big part of this Gamecock defense. But again, a lot of unknown as a true freshman. We saw freshman contributors last season in the secondary. So there's no reason to expect why he wouldn't be able to do the same. It just depends on a lot, you know, how he looks in camp and how he progresses throughout the season. Overall, I'm very excited for this defensive unit. 
I think is really going to be an anchor for the team. You know, we almost know what to expect out of the offense, or at least I hope we do. I think Rattler is going to take a big step, and, you know, he's going to put us in positions to win games. But at the end of the day, we have to be able to stop opposing offenses. We have to be able to stop the run, which has been a big struggle since Beamer has come to South Carolina. There's one knock on him. His teams have not been able to stop the run. I think that's a big focus, though, and, you know, a big question mark is the health of this squad. I We cannot outline how healthy guys will be, but going to hope for the best, and I do think we're too deep at most positions. The biggest question mark comes at the cornerback spot, but I feel very strong about our defensive line. I feel very strong about linebacker, great about our top-end safeties, but then beyond that, we have a lot of question marks. As always, though, somebody is going to step up. The big question is who. I think we have the right guys on campus to complete this defensive unit. That's going to wrap up our defensive breakdown here today, though. Camp is starting on Friday, so each weekly episode leading up into the season are just going to be notes from camp, what you need to know, how these positional battles are sort of breaking down as we move forward. And make sure to check out our written version of our projected depth chart on social media. We have that posted on Instagram and on Twitter. If you guys don't like my takes or you know think the roster is going to shape up a little bit differently, let me know. I'm all ears at this point. We don't actually have any facts out of camp. A lot of things will change, but this is just sort of how I'm projecting it out to start the season. Make sure to tune back in for next week's episode. We will be bringing you updates coming out of camp. We are also going to start looking towards the season. We're going to be breaking down the opponents and predicting the Gamecocks record. I'm pumped for the season, and training camp is only a couple days away. And until next week, go Cox! Go Cox!